let's see. So should I say, should I say I'm Chris and you go, and then I say this is the House Comics Podcast. We'll be talking about comics and other comic-related entities. Yes. <laughs> Definitely say exactly that. <laughs> That's exactly what you should say. Perfect. So I'm Chris. All right, and I'm Alex. And today we'll be... <laughs> uh, it's it's almost hard to even start talking about anything without addressing the elephant in the room that everything's been getting canceled. Right. Because, because of, of Robert Pattinson. R- right. Because Robert Pattinson said, I'm not trying to get sick. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually one of the few things that's not been canceled. Actually, that got canceled yesterday. Are you serious? Yeah. They- <laughs> oh, my God. I saw that. And it's like, oh, we're continuing filming for the Batman. I'm like, heck yes. No. Well, yeah. In case you guys have not heard, um, the Batman filming uh, starring Robert Pattinson has gotten postponed due to the uh, coronavirus uh, threat. I had not heard that. Yep, yep. That was kind of like the last one to sneak through um, everything else before it had been kind of falling. Like, um, what was it that got uh, postponed? Uh, Quiet Place 2 got postponed. I know you were looking forward to that. Yeah, I was going to go. It was going to come out next week. Yeah. I was very excited. There's the Tampa Theater downtown was doing a double, or some theater was doing a double feature. With oh. The first Quiet Place oh, and okay. the second one. Okay, that's pretty cool. Right? How yeah. awesome would that have been? Well, we can't have fun. <laughs> there's a virus. Yeah, there's, there's a virus. There's, there's, there might be a crisis. Uh, speak, speaking of crises, hey. um, we're actually going to go into our first uh, real segment of the show. Uh, welcome back, uh, any uh, first-time listeners. If you listened the first time, you know there was uh, there were no segments to the show. It was great, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had I had a great time. The show was a segment. This, whew, that, hmm. <laughs> but um, we got a little bit more structure this time around, so we'll see how it goes. Um, so like I said, our first segment is going to be uh, filler crisis. If you watched um, any uh, afternoon sports radio or talk show, you're familiar with this kind of theme. It's uh, where I present topics that uh, either we want to talk about or we want to pass on. So uh, if it's a filler, we'll pass it on. If it's a crisis, we'll stop and talk about it. Um, I feel like this next one kind of has to be a crisis because (laughs) (laughs) there's uh, no other uh, kind of um, things in this category that could be classified as filler. Um, The Bloodshot movie did not get canceled. It did not. The Bloodshot movie did debut this weekend. It did. Um, To... The tune of one point two million dollars. Yeah. Well, which probably to be expected. Yeah, I mean, co- combined with Valiant's first foray into comic book movies. Yeah. As far as I'm aware, or at least modern foray into it. Right. And then coronavirus. I mean, this is like I think I saw this is one of the worst worst box office weekends period, ever. Ever. Yeah. In time. So, um, yeah. And then there's another couple. Uh, couple films that were released that took some serious bumps and bruises though it really is unfortunate even though the bloodshot movie didn't seem like it was anything all that special right i was very excited because i do love bloodshot and i love vin diesel's gravelly voice asking for revenge absolutely so the combination yeah and i feel like the lead up to everything um just vin diesel doing the press run doing the interviews you can Mm. see how pumped and excited he was about it i feel like the comic book community you know even if you weren't reading bloodshot um even though you are reading Bloodshot. Yes. So I kind of wanted to uh, get your... Well, since you know a lot of us haven't seen the movie, uh, for obvious reasons, I kind of wanted to ask you to give the uh, the audience a little background into Bloodshot from what you've gotten from the comics, the recent run, the Tim Seeley run so far. Right. So broad strokes are 
Bloodshot is a super soldier. Um, he has regenerative powers. He has super strength. He has a variety of other the the standard meta accoutrement. But his meta powers are provided by these these nanites that exist inside of his system. I just like the way nanites sound. I love the way nanites in, sound. in, in anything really. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, he is. A lot of his story involves him being manipulated by like secretive bodies, government bodies, and such like that. As they do, yes. And eventually, you can only handle so much that before you know loose cannon breaks loose entirely. As and you do, it's just shooting everywhere. Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. That's why Vin Diesel was the right choice. Perfect. Yeah, he's a great loose cannon. <laughs> It's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, you can't be a tight can. No, you're not. I, I, I couldn't even imagine. Um, so I'm, I really want to see this movie. I hope, you know, everything is cleared up fairly soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for, for everyone's sake, obviously not just because of the, uh, the Bloodshot movie. Also, yes. Um, but just because um, that was something that came out this weekend, like one of the only things that kind of come out this weekend, and uh, just... I, I just don't want it to get a bad rap because all the reviews I've been seeing about it have also not been very good. Yeah. Um, which was also to be expected, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, but the thing is, I saw one review that, that was a negative review and it was essentially saying if you, um, if you like Rambo, you'll like this. I'm like, Mm. but people love Rambo. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) What what, what, what do you mean? Why is that a negative thing? (laughs) Exactly. No, I mean, it comes back to just like how comic book movies and, and media in general, as far as portraying comic book culture kind of comes into this weird circle where like. We've had those brushes with stuff like Dark Knight, right. where we and then Joker, where we've seen like, oh man, this is comic book source material that's been elevated to a really really high level, so it's clearly doable. But like, that's not necessarily all. I don't always read a comic book because I want to have a very in this enlightened experience of art. Like sometimes right. I want to read a comic book and just have fun and watch superheroes be superheroes or or any other kind of story be told. Sometimes you just want to Thor Ragnarok, you know, Ex- some, some exactly. pe- people like Iron Man 3. People love it. Yeah, yeah. people people <laughs> I mean, Iron Man 3 might be a bad example, but I Thor Ragnarok on the other hand, that's yes. like one that's just this is a fun movie. This has fun things in it. Yeah. This is about comic book based characters Absolutely. and it's good. Um, another one that kind of falls into that vein that had uh, kind of got a bad rap because it didn't do so hot at the box office. We won't stay on this for too long because we know you guys have heard about this. The Harley Quinn movie. I just wanted to show a that little love to. Very unfortunate. I really, really enjoyed that film. Yeah, and to go to kind of go back to the whole Rambo bloodshot thing is I went in with expectations that were exceeded. Right, absolutely. But it was, the important thing is that I had expectations set up that were reasonable. Yes. Um, and so I didn't go into Harley Quinn expecting, you know, some Oscar bait film. I went into it expecting to see kind of like a movie version, really, of, of the of the cartoon. Because yes. that's kind of where we are now. That is what I wanted. Because um, we've been watching, you know, Harley Quinn on the DC Universe app. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the movie did a pretty good job of weaving yes. some of that stuff in there, too, which I thought yes, was pretty impressive. Yeah, no, and so I was, I was really, I, I, I liked it. I was really impressed by how much Margot Robbie clearly like loves this character. Yeah, absolutely. She's really involved, and she seems to have a lot of fun playing her, and she seems to, at a pretty decent level, understand like what makes Harley a character that people seem to be so infatuated with at the moment. So, yeah, I was, I was, I thought it was unfortunate that it had such a poor showing because, you know, I. And it, it hurt my heart even more. So as much as I love Harley, I love pretty much everyone else in that movie more. Like <laughs> yeah. Huntress, Renee Montoya. Yeah. You know, like I, I was great. a black canary. Like I was so excited to see these characters and they deserve to have a great movie about yeah. them. 
Yeah. So it bummed me out because I know that after having such mediocre response, even though the reviews are pretty solid, the reviews generally. actually ended up being pretty good. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh, collectively. Yes, but reviews are not money. Facts. Yeah. So, <laughs> Big facts. Especially, especially when it comes to movies. Especially when it comes to movies and comic book movies. Yes. Some comic movies, one hundred percent. So. It really throws a kind of like a castle that into a dark light for their future, as far as like other birds of prey material, or, or even I would say other Harley material. Yeah, um, and and stuff like this where it's like it's a little bit more of a, of a venture away from safer DC property. So far, the closest thing we've had to something where it's like let's try something different was um, for unfamiliar source material, Shazam, and then for yeah, for a bold departure from the normal comic movie, Joker. Yes. And both those actually did really well. Yeah. Uh, Shazam, a lesser known character in the DC pantheon to, you know, average to average person going to see a movie. And then the Joker movie being so brutal and grounded. Those I thought those both were going to kind of put us down a cool route with DC where it's like, well, we can we can take some more chances here. And Harley was a great chance to take. And it makes me sad that it didn't pan out the way it should have. I think it's just one of those things where um, it drew those immediate comparisons to, you know, while DC has their movies like Shazam and, and Joker that are kind of taking these departures from, yeah. you know, the the, the, the typical. Uh, I think people were kind of framing this to be DC's answer to Marvel's like Deadpool movies. Yeah. You and know? And, you know, to be fair... Which I, I really like the Deadpool movies a lot. Yeah, that's another great example yeah. of, you know, a comic movie that doesn't have to try hard to make itself into some, like, high art. It can right. just be a fun comic book movie. Right. Um, just a fun movie, period, really. But, um, but yeah, I think that that was a comparison that was not only drawn by reviewers fairly, yeah. but also one that DC set up for itself. Yeah. And that's like also just the, where Harley's at in a lot of ways as a character in the comic books too. Yeah. Is she's become an analog for like that the wall breaking, mm-hmm. speak to the audience, right. tongue in cheek humor, doing the meta commentary, yeah. yeah, which is great and I enjoy. Right. It, it's always fun. Yeah, it, you can't you know like it's hard to build around that to something where you can make multiple movies. Very much so. You're right. And right. it's even harder still when you've already had something that's done that and established it very well, and it was also comic book property because right. you're immediately going to get those comparisons drawn. So, right, what do you think you're supposed to do there? Deadpool also has the Marvel Disney label on it, which uh, is popping, of course, right now. Um, staying with Marvel Disney, uh, they had an announcement, uh, despite you know Disneyland and Disney World stuff like that being shut down for Crazy. obvious reasons. Yeah, that. Well, yeah, well, that's we, when you know there's a crisis. Absolutely, hundred um, percent. They announced a new um, uh, feature, a new uh, Avengers campus that's going to be coming to Disneyland. That's right. Have you heard about this? Uh, I've heard about it briefly, but I didn't look into it in any kind of great depth. Right. I think they they're still keeping a lot of the the real details on the hush hush for obvious reasons, um, but. I think it could be very, very cool. I know, I mean, a lot of times they've already experimented with things of this nature, uh, campuses for different type of themes for, you mm-hmm. know, superheroes and things like that. But, you know, Avengers is the the most massive, you know, superhero entity right now. Absolutely. And to have a, a Disneyland-style theme park specifically geared to, like, an Avengers, like, campus experience, I yeah. think is going to bode very, very well. Oh, I think it it will be great for Disney and Marvel. I think it'll be great for, you know, just comics in general. Yeah. Like, I think it'll be a good thing because we've never had anything like that. 
this kind of production, this kind of money that you can throw into something yeah. to have an experience at that level. And so um, I can't even imagine like being a little kid and going to an Avengers campus. Well, God, well so cool here's the be. thing. I actually want you to imagine right now. I'm oh, going to throw, throw a crazy question at you. Um, Marvel, DC, you know, whatever. I want you to imagine okay. a kind of a, kind of a theme park um, style uh, area. In a Disneyland setting. In a Disneyland setting. Like, what what heroes would you cast? Like, what would be your theme? Like, what part of the DC or Marvel universe would you try to infuse into an area? Okay, so the hardest part about that question is the fact that Disney already completely crushed it. Yeah. The idea of Avengers <laughs> Academy is such a good idea. Yeah. As, like, a family-friendly come here. Like, bring your kid. He can be a little superhero. And then dad can come in and he can do this. And it's like it's like... It's like The Incredibles. Right. Like, you're setting up The Incredibles, but then you're going to be able to throw on Marvel IP. And that's a really, really fantastic idea. My only idea for something like that, it wouldn't be anywhere near as cool, mm -hmm. but I would love to do a uh, Lantern-style theme park. That'd be sick. And it'd be super cool because you can do everything uh, very personalized. You can set up different areas of the park where uh, there'll be, like, the beginning area where everyone goes through, and you can, like, be essentially be inducted into a Lantern Corps. That'd be sick. And then, like, once like you get Hogwarts your... sorting hat, kind Ex exa of thing. exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. completely ripping ring. that off. Love I want to rip yeah. off that one hundred percent. Do it. You get your lantern ring, and your lantern ring. You know, you can obviously go everywhere, yeah. but your lantern ring can get you like special access to, like, mm. you know, you guys could go to the Red Lantern Cafe, or you guys get to go, you know, in the Orange Lantern line for for this ride I like because that so it's much. like Lar Freeze themed. Hey, that'd be really yeah. yeah. No, that's a great idea. I love that. No, that would be that. I would be there every day. Um, <laughs> My, the closest thing I can have to that, and it's it's dumb because it's so easy, and yet it's probably the thing that would be the most successful anyway, is just Gotham. Is a straight up, yeah. like, just like the way they do Diagon Alley or whatever in the Harry Potter, the Wizarding World yeah. of Harry Potter. Yeah. Just, like, literally make a couple streets of Gotham. Have a yeah. GCPD thing there. Ooh, yeah. Have the whole, like, the Metro. Have, like, the Cobblepot Lounge. Ooh, do yeah. all the different, oh, like, that, so cool. the Acme Factory, all that stuff. Do all the big points and then have, like showy like superhero displays where you have like super villains that you see and then like dick comes in and starts <laughs> whooping ass you know and then, like once every hour like you see batman swing through or something like that would be something that'd be cool and you could just be like a citizen of gotham like maybe helping the gcpd the only thing that about that is uh you know every single comic ever has talked about how corrupt the GCPD is. Yes. And so, like, it's just not, it's not, Gotham's not a family-friendly place. You can weave that in, though. You can definitely weave that Maybe in. you can do, like, a, uh, maybe do the flip side. Maybe you can do, um, it could be scary. That would be cool. See, that was the, the other thing I was thinking is the scary thing like Arkham. Ooh, oh, okay. The scary thing like Arkham where you like in the DC Universe app where they're talking about the new Arkham sh uh, competitive show. Yes. Where, you The know, game show, Escape from Arkham. Exactly. Yeah. Um, similar similar premise where yes. you can have like a giant like you can have the full grounds of Arkham and inside of it you have like different rides and then you have like the cafeteria you can eat at and then you encounter all these villains and stuff and you have to deal with them and so but that's very adult but yeah I think it could be fun I think anything you're gonna do with Batman is gonna be adult I was gonna say I mean there are certain areas of theme parks that are seem more adult than other were other ones and and yeah you yeah. lean into that I think because you know like. Every kid wants to go to Galaxy's Edge for sure, but like yeah. the parents are the ones who are buying two hundred dollar lightsabers because they're stoked about it. You know? Very like, true, one hundred percent. Like so true. you know, the kid kids don't really care. You know, like if they get it or not. You know, it's a cool experience for them. But like when you have the thirty year old Star Wars nerd 
who's loved it their whole life, and they get to go there and be in that experience. They want it to appeal to them from a nostalgia factor from when they were watching as kids, but also like an, in, immediately with their age and like being a 30-year-old Star Wars nerd, right. <laughs> feeling like you are a 30-year-old Star Wars character. Absolutely, yeah. And so like there's an appeal to being able to lean into that. And I think that's something that DC always has had in spades is having an appeal to an audience that's a little more mature. Yeah. Not that there's not plenty of phenomenal Marvel material that is very mature, very well made, yeah. um, very adult. But generally speaking, at least in this current time and in this current timeline that we're in, DC has become synonymous more so with mature content. Right. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Outside of things like um, the uh, recent Absolute Carnage and like Venom Runs, obviously yep. Deadpool yep. Yep. and stuff like that. Um yeah, I would say DC probably leans a little more heavier to the yeah. if we could you call it you know adult adult branded content. Certainly, yeah, with things like in the comic book world with Black Label, and right. then outside of that with their movies. I mean, like did, I'm not sure. Did you see Shazam? I have not seen Shazam. Yet. There are some straight up crazy adult <laughs> moments in that movie. Really? Yeah, like there's some like genuinely scary parts, and same with Aquaman actually. Yeah, you Aquaman told me was directed by uh, James uh, James Wan, I believe, right. who was the guy responsible for Saw movies. Right, yeah. And there's like a straight up horror scene in Aquaman. And I'm like this is a lot. Is that the part with the trench? Yes. Yeah. It's I've, like I've, actually I've, scary. I've heard people talk about how scary that is. It's like <laughs> genuinely scary and it's very and it's genuinely good. It's actually right. one of my favorite parts of the movie. Um nice. but yeah, same with Shazam like, you know, Billy's friend, he curses a lot. It's very like Spielberg kind of kid cursing. It feels like gotcha. natural. Like, well, I love that. Yeah, I love that too. Because yeah. when I was a kid, I cursed too. Like, exactly. You know, yeah. like because you're thir- cool. Exactly. Yeah. 13, 14 year old kids when they're around their friends, they curse. Yeah. Sorry, everybody who's a parent and didn't realize that. But how did you not? Because you did it too. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. But um, but yeah, even like even with that kind of stuff, DC seems to be pushing towards it. And obviously, that's not including Batman vs Superman, Court Justice League, or any of that. Oh, God. Um, anyways, so yeah, let's keep going. Uh, yeah, let's, let's uh, move past the movies um, <laughs> and the theme parks. Let's get to uh, let's get to television. Um, mm. This uh, announcement came a couple weeks ago or last week, but uh, Star Girl is officially uh, debuting on the DC Universe app in May. Um, I feel like that one was a little not out of nowhere. Everyone knew that was coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a lot of controversy about where it was going to be airing. Yeah. If it was going to be on DC Universe, if it was going to be on CW, yeah. if it was going to be on HBO Max, because we know they're trying to figure out a way to roll, you know, all those things in together. Uh, looked pretty messy. Uh, so I'm glad it is just coming out on DC Universe app. Yeah. Just so I thought that takes away a lot of the pressure. I agree for the show, like the most of it. Yeah. And that's basically strictly off of a viewership. Less people are going to be watching the movie. People who are who generally care about those characters, um, which I want to run through real quick, actually, uh, because the, I didn't actually look at the characters until a couple days ago. The names are really, really out there. So we got Star Girl, obviously, uh, Stripe, uh, Doctor Midnight, love that, uh, Yolanda Montez, Wildcat, love that. Wait. A female wildcat. Female wildcat. Oh man, I love that. So, so the female wildcat will be Jake. on the team. There's going to be so essentially a Star Girl and the Justice Society of America. Oh okay. Um, or the, whatever this rendition of the Justice Society of America is. <laughs> sure. Uh, and then some villains that'll be showing up are Tigress, Sportsmaster, nice. Dragon nice. King, Our Man, 
and there was one other one that I'm missing. And like I said, uh, male Wildcat, Ted Grant, will be a uh, recurring character. He's not on the team, but he will be showing up. And Starman will be making appearances. Right. So if you know any of those people, so maybe the one person listening to this right now. (laughs) 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 Because I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know how those people. No, I don't know the vast majority of them. But I'm excited to learn about them because, like I kind of like I was saying about uh, Batwoman last week, the fact that this exists, you know, it's a good thing. Is is a good thing because now agree. we get to learn about these characters, we get to introduce, we get to be introduced to these characters for the yeah. first time in this medium, which is always cool to me. I totally agree with that. I'm not ever going to be one of those like gatekeepy weird nerds that is like, I, I like learning new things. I'm not afraid to tell somebody like, hey, I don't know this, like enlighten me especially if it's something cool and especially if it's somebody who is passionate about something and they're clearly wanting to share that passion with me absolutely tell me all the lore on star girl right let me know why you love this character so much i am already anticipating the full episode on yolanda wildcat absolutely i don't know anything about her no that sounds (laughs) phenomenal it does sound phenomenal i'm already there um I don't want to stick too long on this because it's supposed to be our filler crisis segment where oh, we yeah. were supposed to be talking yeah. about <laughs> <That's right. laughs> everything in length. That's a crisis. Uh, if there really is. We, we got to work on this. <laughs> um, so, all right, filler or crisis. Mm-hmm. Three Jokers has gotten a de- uh, debut date. I'm actually going to label this as filler for right now. I was going to say filler as well. Okay, because perfect. dates mean shit. Right. Dates mean shit in comics, and then dates mean doubly shit right now in the middle of a viral app. 100%. Uh, so that is filler. Yeah. I, I won't believe anything until there's a printed copy in my pool. Okay. This is definitely filler for now, but we will come back to it. Um, staying with comics news, uh, Steve Orlando has, uh, I don't want to say poached, uh, and I'll explain why. But he's essentially been poached uh, mm-hmm. by Marvel from DC. Um, if you guys are not uh, familiar with Steve Orlando, he is the current writer of Wonder Woman. He uh, has written uh, the most recent Martian Manhunter run. He's done stuff for Justice League of America. Uh, what else? Uh, and he did the uh, Gotham City Monsters miniseries that uh, came out last year. That's right. He did that as well. Um, and he's done like you know stuff here and there. He's done Nightwing runs. He's done other Wonder Woman runs, uh, Teen Titan runs. Like he's 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 definitely was a industry kind of company guy for DC. Like he did you know independent stuff um, as well. Um, but it was very apparent. You can see like through his uh, his work that he had no problem taking on you know whatever whenever they needed it um, for whatever reason and for however long. Like, his uh, Justice League of America run, I think it was, like, something like four volumes that he was on Justice League of America. Wow. Yeah, no, he was, he, <laughs> he was like, the Justice League of America, like, rebirth writer. Um, I'm not sure how many people read that. I haven't read all that much of it, to be completely honest with you, but he was <laughs> he was the one writing it, and he wrote it for four volumes. So, like, someone was buying it. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, I, so, like I said, I didn't want to say that he was poached because... Before he signed this deal, I'm not—I I don't know the details of the deal. Obviously, um, with Marvel, he had gone uh, independent. He had left DC uh, full time, I guess, and was doing his own thing. He was still writing Wonder Woman, but I think all the other titles he was on had finished. Martian Manhunter had finished. Gotham mm-hmm. City Monsters had finished. Wonder Woman was his kind of only uh, priority at the time. Um, so now at Marvel, he's going to be writing Doctor Doom. Scarlet Witch, 
and this series called Dark Hole, which I'm not familiar with. But mm-hmm. I know that a lot of Marvel fans seem to be very excited about this because I think this is uh, is Doctor Doom related. Nice. Um, it's it's about uh, the uh, the powers that Doctor Doom possesses and more um, like backstory on on that side of things. Um, so he's essentially writing two Doom books and a Scarlet Witch book. Right. Uh, and he seems to be very excited about it. I, I mean, I'm obviously very happy for him. Still very hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, he will, he won't be on Wonder Woman starting in June. Uh, so I'll I'll definitely be enjoying the run until then. Uh, but he'll be taking over those three titles once he moves over to to Marvel. And <clears throat> this just still feels like Fallout from Bendis coming over to DC. This one's a crisis. Yeah, yeah this one. No. This, yeah, if you if you're reading comic books, this one definitely feels. It's a crisis in a good way and a bad way. It's a crisis because, you know, Steve Orlando is going to be writing three new Marvel titles, which is great. I'm probably going to start, reading, I'm gonna start yeah. reading those. I do love Doctor Doom. Because I love uh, Steve Orlando. Uh, but also, he won't be writing Wonder Woman. And I was thoroughly enjoying um, the beginning of this new Wonder Woman run. No, that's, that's, that is a crisis. Um, it's a shame, too. But, uh, you know, it, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... it's I don't think that's a lateral move for him, actually. I was going to say it's great because he has he moves into a new territory and he gets to define a lot of great lore over there. Okay. But, like, I'm sorry. There's no universe where moving from writing fucking Wonder Woman to writing two Doom books and Scarlet Witch is equivalent. Wonder Woman, especially now with 5G being so close to us. With 5G being close, with the movie coming out yes. this year. Um, I didn't mention that earlier when we are talking about our movie talk. Um, Wonder Woman 84 still has a, has a release date for June 5th. As obviously, you know, subject to change. <laughs> um, but it just seems like such a strange move, uh, given this being what started off as, you know, the year of the Wonder Woman. Yeah. Very true. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and that great statue, dude. The, the, oh, my God. It's incre- <laughs> incredible. Stat- these incredible Wonder Woman statues. Wonder Woman 750 came out. Yes. Wonder Woman uh, 84, the movies, coming yep. out later this year, hopefully. And then, like I said, Steve Orlando was crushing the beginning of this uh, Wonder Woman run. And it's, it's just disappointing. It's disappointing, and it's strange to me. I, I mean, I don't know, like, the inner workings of what's going on at either of these publishers. But to me... To give up, to give up that kind of control over something that's, I mean, an essential comic book character, an essential pop culture icon yeah. for humanity, who's hot you right know? now, who's so important. <laughs> yeah. That Wonder Woman's so hot right now. <laughs> I invented the piano key necktie. Uh, uh, um, so so important in this moment, and like. I just I've got to wonder like was there were there problems behind the scenes with DC or was he just so attracted to having the freedom and those multiple titles at Marvel because I will read his Doom and right. I bet you it'll be great and Doctor yeah. Doom's an amazing character and Love I'm not Dr. trying to Doom. poop on any of Scarlet Witch or Doom oh yeah absolutely but it's not. just not like you there's no person in the world who can tell me that either of those characters or the combined importance of them is even remotely close to writing Wonder Woman right especially right now and. Yeah, so it's just not it's not adding up. Um, it had to be things behind the scenes, um, kind of what you're alluding to, and like I said, his recent writing for DC, while being very good, I was a huge fan of, of the vast majority of it. Kind of flew under the radar. Um, the Martian Manhunter run uh, was big at first, kind of died down towards the end in terms of sales, 
And then uh, it's kind of the same thing with Gotham City Monsters. Started off really fun. Then a lot of people kind of fell off of it. Fair. And it just feels like they weren't putting him on the titles he probably should have been on. Yeah, maybe um, should have got that earlier. Yeah, 100%. Uh, maybe give some more love to the Martian Manhunter run. Uh, they definitely didn't advertise it, you know, <laughs> towards the middle of the run. Uh, same thing with Gotham City Monsters. Uh, and there was this, I also feel like there's so many titles out there that have, I don't want to say bad writers, but they're definitely things that Steve Orlando could have been writing that someone else was writing that probably would have been better had Steve Orlando been writing. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he w- would have wanted to write it. Yeah. No names will be shared. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, no, definitely not going to go any names. Yes. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Um, yeah. It's, it's a, cr- anytime you lose talent like that, it's a crisis though. Um, another thing that's uh, kind of spilling out of this on the flip side uh, was, and I don't want to get into this too much because I don't know too much about it, but the writer that's coming in, uh, let me get the name because I'm like I said, I'm not very familiar with her, is Mariko Mariko Tamaki. Um, that wonder, are you familiar with the name? Yeah, the She Hulk writer. Yes, yeah. She Hulk and X twenty three. I heard that was fantastic. Oh, I heard it was awful. Really? I heard people... Maybe it was a different... Hmm. I heard people really, really disliked her run on She-Hulk and X-23. Really? Yes. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of a different... Huh. It, no, you, you you could be. Um, no, no, no. Maybe I'm thinking of like way back. Because last right. time, the only person I ever talked about comic books before you was a good friend who's now in a different state. Right, gotcha. And that, the, when we would be having conversations about these topics, he's a big Marvel stan. And that would have been... About six, seven years ago. Gotcha. So I might very well be thinking of a completely different She-Hulk storyline that could have been going on. Probably. And to be fair, I don't know the dates um, like of, of her run, mm-hmm. uh, her run on She-Hulk on her, or uh, X-23, but um, people were not not big fans of them. They said that they kind of took away the the fun, not yeah, the fun from She-Hulk, the, She-Hulk's personality. They essentially made her hulk but not in a hulk like setting like she, gotcha like apparently there was one time she was hulking out like against a blogger like online yeah it got to like that level of it right right hmm. so and like i said i haven't read the she hulk run i haven't read you know the mariko's x23 run but people were not happy with them and i saw wonder woman fans online who were not happy about them essentially bringing in another Marvel writer who just seems like they're attached to Bendis, Brian Michael Bendis. Bendis. The same thing with uh, G. Willow Wilson, who yeah. was previously on Wonder Woman, who people were not a fan of, which is kind of why Steve Orlando had to come in or wanted to come in, or DC, you know, said, "Hey, we need someone who really wants to write this Wonder Woman run." Um, so sandwiched in between. Willow Wilson and the new writer Mariko is coming in June was Steve Orlando who actually wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and I don't want to stay too down on this for too long. Um, I just wanted to like get get it out there. This 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 was my time to kind of like decompress about this. No, yeah, yeah, it deserved to be talked about. I know we've that's been on our minds, especially with your minds with how much you love Orlando's work. Yeah. So no, this is the right place to do that, and. The right place to shout out Martian Manhunter. If yeah. anyone hasn't read Listen. it, read it, and is looking for something cool to read, Listen. it is phenomenal. Martian Manhunter, I, I'm going to say hands down was probably the best drawn superhero comic from last year. 
I'm gonna oh, say God, it. it's so cool. The Riley Rusmo art is on an absolutely different level. His takes on on Jean, the Martian Manhunter, his takes on Mars, uh does even the way he draws regular people is just completely like out there. Um the splashes were incredible. He also did all the covers, which were also all amazing. He they, they it was it was a true marriage of like the words and the pages. There was it was what you want. It was probably like my most fun read from last year. So if you have not read Steve Orlando and Riley Rusmo's Martian Manhunter, buy, buy buy one through twelve or wait for the trade to come out. I'm not sure when it comes out. Probably months from now because yeah. they're awful about that. Um, but read read it as fast as possible. Yeah. I, I love it. Whatever you got to do, come to our house. Yeah. Beat up Chris. I'll, I'll take his, or, or, <laughs> yeah, or I'll let you borrow it. No, I, um, that's not nearly as entertaining. So uh, let's let's transition to comics. Um, so I gave uh, my little tidbit about the the kind of current Wonder Woman run. I'll shed some more light on that uh, in full detail at another time. But what are, what are you reading right now? Um, some books, some comic books. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well. To continue off of last time, obviously keeping up with Batman, Batman's Grave. Right. The new one um, came out, right? New one. Uh, the new Batman's Grave did come out. Read it. It continues to be very good. Nice. That one, the splash they showed on Instagram was definitely the highlight of the whole thing. <laughs> of course. It's like, I am in the mood. It's like, oh, Lord. What is that? <laughs> That I really want the, the context of that, yeah. Dude, it's phenomenal. <laughs> it is Batman just whooping his ass, whooping ass through Arkham trying to help Gordon. And, okay. and then just like, it's just escalating. It's just getting yeah. worse and worse. And then Batman just keep like, Gordon keeps wanting to kill people because he's a cop, you know. And so like, <laughs> <Jesus>. Batman's, <laughs> Batman's like, we don't kill. And so <laughs> he cool. keeps smacking. Um, he keeps pushing. He's, he's fighting everybody by hand. And it's just like more and more and larger and larger men. He's gone full then, Batman. Exactly. Right. And then he's finally, he's like pulling out these two batterings, which are like the size of Cuban bread loaves in each hand. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally he's just in his room. Just dozens of other inmates attack him. And he's, and he's just, and there's the mood. That's what he says? I'm in yeah. the mood. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. He is. He has been single-handedly fighting his way through Arkham. And he's like, you know what? This kind of sucks. Oh, my God. But on the other hand, it's kind of amazing. Um, for us, it's been really great. I really have enjoyed it. It's such a nice change of pace. Um, also, this is one of the sassiest iterations of um, Alfred I've read in a while. Oh, okay. I love a Alfred's, sassy Alfred. Dude, Alfred's always got some shit to say. That And he's <laughs> been through some shit. Yeah. Uh, and they make that way more clear than sometimes you forget just the extremes and the crazy life that Alfred's Alfred yeah. has lived up to the point of taking care of Bruce. Absolutely. I mean, and, obviously, uh, a lot of it uh, retconned in yeah. in the last 20 yeah. years or so. But those retcons have been cool as shit. Yeah, absolutely. No, <laughs> I love all those retcons. certified badass. 100%. Absolutely. So that's been really great. Um, Green Lantern, which... I, did you read uh, uh, the second one from season two? Haven't read the second one. Okay. Read the first one. I adore it. Yes. Um, I would have never jumped onto it if it wasn't for... Black Stars, which is hilarious because Black Stars is literally the the, the interlude Dude, in between be, the first two seasons. Got to be the worst place <laughs> to start 
ever. Well, because I'm actually reading the first season of uh, Grand Morrison Green Lantern Run mm-hmm. on the DC Universe app, yes, and I have no well. idea how you figured out what's going on in this thing because I'm reading it from the beginning and Dude, I barely know what's going the on. The amount of rereading <laughs> that I've been doing with those comics, you have to because, yeah, like, absolutely, thirty percent of what Grand Morrison writes is like just proper nouns that mean nothing. <laughs> Dude, they don't mean so shit. Right. They're just like they're just words that are capitalized, and I don't know why they're important. <laughs> and I, I dare you to tell me why. I think Grant I sent, Morrison. I think you that, I sent you that one panel from one of the earlier issues that is just literally what you just said—a bunch of <laughs> proper nouns of just things. And I had to read. I read it probably four times, like these three sentences. Mm-hmm. And essentially, all he was saying was that. This type of alien had a cat-like response to the guacamole in his burrito. So he, so, <laughs> <laughs> so that's how he knew he wasn't a real human being. Holy and he shit. was actually this alien from this other sector where he knew exactly where it was because it was the only place where they had those reactions to guacamole. Oh, my God. That's police work. <laughs> <laughs> Hal Jordan, intergalactic lawman. Hal Jordan, intergalactic Batman. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that's what I'm talking. Where's that team up? I, I think they already did that. Totally. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Um, that's part of. But as as fun as it is to take the piss out of that, that's also part of the reason I've been loving it so much. Yeah. Is because man, homie does not shy away from laying on the lore thick, and I love thick lore, dude. I love yeah. when people are like, "Here's all the names." Here's all the things. Like, you don't need to know this giant salt man's name and the things he does. But guess what? Now you love him and he's your favorite lantern. So That's so funny because I feel like that's such a huge uh, juxtaposition to um, some of the stuff that I kind of started jumping into. I just jumped into uh, Marauders, mm-hmm. which is an X-Men book. Um, so I, I recently been trying to jump into some X titles just because I've been, I've been lacking. So I wanted to find the ones that consisted of the X-Men that I knew I was going to enjoy reading about. So Marauders is a focus on uh, Kitty Pride, and she is actually, uh, she's sailing the seas. She's, oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get into a little bit more about why she's uh, sailing the seas. But essentially, um, they're doing a um, illegal drug trade. But the, legal, the illegal drug trade is in cahoots with uh, Professor X. And his exactly, and the and the diplomatic, yeah, 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 you know, it's all Um, coming together. So the diplomacy of Krakoa mashed up with the illegal drug trade being led by uh, Kitty Pryde and Emma Frost. Um, It's just it's it's some really good storytelling going on. Actually, Um, I've I've been able to keep up with it uh, via Cape Joel on YouTube. Uh, He does some really great uh, recap videos of uh, all the X titles. So if you want to get into any X Men, I would. Definitely recommend Cape Joel on YouTube. Um, but they do a really good job of being able to just drop you in. Essentially, every uh, every book starts off with like a little intro section that tells you what's going on, what kind of has recently happened. So mm-hmm. when you start reading, you just kind of kind of fall into everything. I like that very and much. It's, it's, so, it's so simple, but it's, it's perfect. Like those couple sentences and you – I don't want to say you don't have to have known – what happened before that? But you could you can go pick up Marauders number nine right now and had the same fun, cool experience that I had, and be perfectly fine and want to read more just because it was easy to jump into. That's really important. Yeah, and there's a lot to be said for that because, like, as much as I love the more like obtuse and complicated styles of like 
of Grant Morrison. That right. Absolutely. It is a bear to read some of those comics. And like sometimes like they I put them off because I know I need a, a higher mental capacity. Yeah, I need, no, I need yeah. more RAM than I have available at the moment. <laughs> you know, I can't just like casually open some of these books up and, and read them. And so having stuff like that just kind of onboard you, especially in, in you know, with comics when I know I say this at least. I'm sure you say it to people too. A lot of people are like, how do you get into comics? And I'm like, just buy a comic book. Yeah. Like you see a comic that looks cool, just buy it and just go. Like it's scary. It's on, it's on issue 730, whatever. Like right. that's scary. I totally get it. Scary. There's a lot of shit going on there. But at the same time, it's like everybody – DC knows. Marvel knows. Everybody knows that we're on issue ridiculous and we've right. been making these comics for 80 years. We have to always be willing to bring people on in a way that makes sense. I think um, there's a Stan Lee saying was uh, Excelsior. <laughs> I got it, and they say I don't know Marvel. Come on, dude. <laughs> got him. Uh, he said every comic is someone's first comic. Dang. Yeah. Right. Um, and I was like, wow, that was that was crazy because I, I I heard that right before I read this Marauders comic, and I was like, wow. Like Marvel really, you know, they obviously they they try to keep keep to that. Um, especially these days. Um, especially with X Men titles, with there being a bazillion X Men books with a bazillion million characters in them, you know, you might want to need a uh, a cover page in front of everyone just to keep everything straight. Yes. Yeah. Did he steal that quote from Jack Kirby too? Oh, ooh. Nice. Uh, got Slam. Him. Boom. Roasted. Wow. Toasted. Big respect. Rip. R.I.P. to the goat. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, all, all love to, to Stan Lee all and Jack Kirby. Definitely all love to Stan Lee. Slightly larger amount of love to Jack Kirby. Well, because we, we're <laughs> huge New Guys fans. Oh, very large <laughs> amounts. So, yeah. Yeah, huge, huge fans of all the work that both those men have done. And wow, it is phenomenal work. Um, but yeah. Speaking of things, I know we, we're going um, with the back and forth between things that are kind of easier to hop into compared to things with uh, big lore dumps in them. You experienced something that was a bit of both with uh, Decorum. Bro. If you can... <laughs> Uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about Decorum, because that's something I definitely wanted to get your opinion on. I haven't read it yet, but it's it's probably the it sci-fi title, new sci-fi title of the of the year, it feels like. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, so when I opened the book, the take, take your time. I know I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to put it all together. When I opened up the book, the first thing I saw was maps, <laughs> and I can't even begin to explain how amazing that makes. I know me you feel. love maps. I love maps so much. And the craziest thing about this. <laughs> Is Bro's pin. <laughs> the craziest thing about these maps are it's that's like the most basic level of information that's being given to us. It's right. not just maps. Then they go into like different basic histories for these things. Yeah. They go into b- histories for the people who take up which parts of those star charts. Oh, wow. And like it's just incredible <laughs> the lore that's being done. It felt like I was go- playing Mass Effect is what oh, it felt like, dude. Oh, it's yeah. like, you know how you go around Mass Effect and you get the codex entry and you yeah. walk over to a gun and it's like, here's a codex entry. And there's three paragraphs about this fucking gun. And it's not really about the gun. It's about the manufacturer and the crazy thing that's happened with that manufacturer dealing with, you know, whatever. That's what this book is. All the things that I want. Exactly. Yeah. It's so much. And then, like, that is what's happening all over the place. It's like... 
you know, in, in, in anime and stuff, stuff like that, they have, like, the title screens yeah. that have, like, like little tidbits of information or whatever. Yeah. It's, like, that kind of vibe where okay. it breaks up the story and it gives you these little little bits of exposition outside of it. Just, like, world building. Okay. Without being necessarily really tied into the narrative. Because the central narrative is only really explored intricately in or intimately in like the last half of the book to be really? honest. Yeah. So throughout a lot of the book you have these interesting lore dumps um that are done in um an indirect manner by explaining the functions of the world like governments and stuff like that within the or excuse me the universe I should say. Okay. Um and then the beginning of the book is a rather confusing entry into everything just depicting a struggle between alien races with very little dialogue. Um, before jumping into introducing two of these these characters who we're gonna follow, right? Uh, one of them being this, you know, best assassin in this spiral arm of the galaxy, which yeah. is awesome. Okay, and then that another one, so cool. I know, right? And she's, <laughs> and the other woman being this courier who is like, we know that she's doing work for some shady characters, and she has to, she's a courier essentially. So. That those okay. are the characters we're introduced to, and we're introduced to them kind of late. In, in in if you looked at like the pages, you get a lot of other things before that story really starts to play out. Um, but I love that. I love the fact that he it's classic Hickman in that sense that like he is so devoted to his world building, to his lore craft, and Jonathan Hickman of. Uh... X-Men fame. Oh, X -Men. Also, uh, dude, East of West. East of West. And, I know you're a huge uh, fan of. Love, love East of West. And shout out to Alex Gambino, Manhattan Projects. Okay. Also, I, phenomenal. I, don't, I know you've talked to me about that before, but I yeah. still don't know very much about it. Let's do that sometime. Okay, we'll do because, a whole Manhattan. Yes. Okay, so that can be. Let's a, do a whole Hickman. <laughs> let's do a whole Hickman. Let's do it, dude. We'll have Alex Gambino on. <laughs> oh. Because <laughs> he's the perfect person for this. I feel like a, a really cool episode will be just. Um, like we just do like like a graphic novel or a whole run that's already out that we're both that one of us isn't familiar with and the other one kind of walks oh, us through it. That'd be really fun. So maybe maybe Manhattan Project could be that first one. That'd oh, be man. I mean I don't know who would care about that. No, <laughs> besides well, me and you, but I do I care. Dude, that's a great idea. But yeah, no. Um and big shout out to I think is the artist's name is Ooh, I had it. Oh and I um, lost it. Because I, I really yes, it's it is Huddleston. So I wanted to say Hiddleston, because <laughs> I'm not sure. But Huddleston, wow, really, I'm gonna hand it to you. Okay, really friggin' interesting art. Um, very. This is stylized. my first time seeing the art, dude. So make sure, you have to almost go page by page because things change at such a crazy rate. Okay, you'll see in the first like the first few panels a very specific colorful art with the you know robo conquistador yeah, this which is, is the best thing ever this is already a lot um there's only one dialogue blurb in the first like two pages <laughs> right. and it's in a language i can't read <laughs> that's right it's just like a symbol um but yeah as you can see and then it breaks into this black and white very oh, wow. like very action very um very um expressive style yes. much more simple very stylized and it kind of floats back and forth between that throughout the comic. And especially when you have the more high tension stuff towards the end, there's very limited use of color. And it's very impactful when they do use it. And I can see, see there's some of the star Dude, charts. this is so much. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Um, and I think my favorite thing in there is there's like an ad for like uh, some kind of like ramen noodle bowl or something yeah. like that. 
and it has like all the different parts. It, it's really fantastic. I'm just getting uh, the the hint of the use of color that you're talking about. Yes, the way color is used, sp- like like sparringly, and then like there's overtones on other page. It's mm-hmm. just I can almost I haven't read any of the words, but yeah. the 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 pacing of it, it between the the black and white, and then the use of color is I can I can feel it. Yeah, it's so dramatic. Yeah. It's so dramatic. And then, like, it's interesting because you've already picked up on, like, the use of color as a means, just like with the art as a way to parallel the story. Right. The use of color becoming more or less dramatic. It's actually interesting because you would normally expect as things get more intense, there'd be maybe more color or more vibrant colors. It's quite the opposite. So it's The color sucks out. And then the singular things that are colored are like, yo, why is this crystal red? And then you find out. Because it's a murder crystal. It's funny that you. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because the pages that are mostly black and white definitely feel the most serious. Oh, they're so, and they are. They're they're dramatic. They're full of a lot of energy, a lot of tension. Yeah. Um. Great, but yeah, I mean, I need to read that book probably ten more times before oh, I fully God. grasp everything. All right, that's I'm going gonna on. stop flipping through this, right? Because I feel like I'm gonna confuse myself. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I'm. I read it. I'm still confused. <laughs> But yeah, um, big fan. If you're a sci-fi nerd, read it. Um, if you if you like reading things, read it. <laughs> if you don't, try it, and you might start like reading things. Um, speaking of trying things that you might start reading, um, this comment I'm going to talk about, we're going to bring down the scale significantly. Mm-hmm. So from uh, talking about Hickman's vast world building, Crazy. we're going to bring it down to uh, Detroit. Hell yeah. Um, I started reading Stealth Number 1 um, out of Image. Written by uh, Mike Costa with art by Nate Bella Bellagarde. This I don't know if I've ever read a better first comic book for someone. Like I, I generally believe that I can recommend this to literally anyone I ever met. Damn. And say, hey, read this, and they would probably want to read the second issue. That's great. The way it's written is perfect. The art. It's it just it's a regular um, to give you some um, some exposition. Um, it follows uh, a guy named Tony. He works for the, the Detroit Herald as a reporter, so it's already kind of taken a similar vein to a lot of um, superhero stories that you may know. Sure. Um, but the twist in it, which I can't I cannot reveal because that Don't. I know yeah, I, yeah. I can't. That <clears throat> is the hook. Right. It got me immediately. I already know I'm going to read the second issue of this, mm. and like I said, the the way it's written is it flows very well, but you can also tell there's a lot of attention to detail to the words. They're trying to make Tony you can tell how intelligent Tony is, which is which is really nice. Um so because when the twist happens, you automatically start thinking, how is someone like this gonna figure this out? How is he gonna mm. go about this? Because you can you really get that he's a very analytical, logical, very down to earth grounded person. So when this twist happens, you're like, okay, how is a person like this gonna figure this out? Um, Into it, yeah. I, I, like I said, I would recommend Stealth out of Image, Stealth Number One. If you've never read a comic book, if you want to get in the comic books, like we were talking about earlier, mm. like Stanley said, every comic book is someone's first comic book. Stealth Number One could be anybody's first comic book. Yeah, you know, Image does a really great job with that. They do it they such have, a good job. With they that. have that whole like Image First thing, especially at Emerald City. They have a whole wall for that. I can say the same God. thing about uh, Olympia. Olympia would be a great right, first comic book right. for someone. Yeah, damn, it really would. 
Um, any other comics you wanted to get into? I'm so backlogged. Yeah, this is a little little behind. And the only other things that I could want to get into are um, the Terrifics, but I'd want to <laughs> give a, the audience a little uh, more backstory on them yeah. before I recommended anything. Uh, even though they are getting into a new run, um, the new run, uh, actually, I, I'll, I'll get into a, a little bit. Do it. Me, Go off. I do not have the book with me. <gasps> but what I will say um, is, if you're not familiar with the, the Terrifics, it's a team that consists of Mr. Terrific, Fantastic. Uh, Metamorpho. Terrific. Phantom Girl. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and the the man, the myth, the legend himself. Best boy. Best boy. Eel O'Brien. The legend. Plastic Man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We're, we're big Plastic Man fans in this house. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, real, real quick plug for uh, Gail Simone and Adriana Mello's Plastic Man run. It's a six-issue miniseries. Wow, I, that's all I gotta say. It was, it was. If if you never read a Plastic Man, <laughs> if you're one of the few of you, if you're one of the few people that hasn't read the Juggernaut, that is Plastic Man. <laughs> I, I highly recommend Gail Simone's uh, Plastic Man miniseries. It was fantastic. Um, but going back to uh, the Terrifics, this seems to be a bit of a uh, expansion to the team. Oh, yeah. So uh, all I'll say is, because this is all you really need to know about the, the issue I'm talking about, Terrifics 26, is that uh, if you're fans of uh, Man Bat, Kirk Langstrom, uh, Ted Core, Blue Beetle, and, um, oh, my God, who else is in there? I really wish I had the book now. Dude, those are already amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, and, and uh, Tom Strong of uh, oh Tom Strong Adventures fame. Yeah. What is this book? No, so yeah, so read Terrific 26. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, read Terrific 26 because we're st- we're starting some real fun. Um Gene Yang or uh right. or uh, Ong, I heard it might be pronounced Ong as well. I'll do some more research on that. But uh he's been writing uh the Terrifics for a while now. Uh Jeff Lemire actually started the Terrifics run, right. um spinning out of Dark Knights Metal funny <laughs> enough. Savior. Uh, so he started Terrifics and then uh, passed it down to down to Yang, and Yang's been absolutely crushing it as far as I'm concerned. And like I said, we're rolling in people like Man Bat, <laughs> Ted Cord, and Tom Strong. So if you if you like that, uh, those groupings, yeah. If you're if you're, if you're, if you're not the like, yeah. If you're that kind of DC nerd, then then the Terrifics is the book for you. Oh, where's that show? And, oh my god, it was called the Tea Council. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's what they call themselves in the book. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> it's called the Tea Council, dude. It's tea uh, time. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Oh my God! They're definitely going to say someone's that. got some it right. Point. Plastic Man is going to say. <laughs> Plastic, Plastic Man is going to say, "Oh my God, is it tea time?" And Metaphor is going to be like, "It is absolutely not. <laughs> it's absolutely not tea time." <laughs> I think that was it for comics. Um, I wanted to look uh, this. Uh, we'll finish this off for our last segment. Um, we're kind of going to project nice. and look at some things going on in the future. Uh, Deceased is getting an official sequel. So, um, not the uh, DC's Unkillables little mini thing not going on. This. No, not the DC's Unkillables. So, DC's Unkillables. Oh, this is a mini series. Yes. This is like a mini mini series. Right. It's the only three issues. Gotcha, gotcha. So, um, if you're not familiar, DC's was a DC zombie event, a smash zombie did event. Did really well. Did extremely well last year. People it's absolutely good. loved it. It's very well done, very good. The story is great. It's by Tom Taylor, who is 
if you if you're trying to kill people, you want to call Tom Taylor. He's re- he's real good at that. Um, and there's a, a mini series going on right now that is uh is essentially written from the uh, villain's point of view of the deceased event that occurred last year, but they're getting an official DC sequel coming out. I want to say later this year. That is the like I said is a literal sequel to the events of the the DC's run. And if you have not read DC's, like we're not going to spoil it for you because it's great. Um, read that and get excited for Tom Taylor's crack at it again. Definitely do read it. Um, that's really exciting news, right? Wow. Okay, that makes me super happy. Um, what else? There are rumors. Um, Sorry that we're, we're getting into more Joker War stuff, but you know this is this is what happens. Dude, it's it's that it's that time. It's going to become the vortex of all DC universe for Absolutely. a little bit. So there's yeah. no avoiding it. It is that time. Um, I wanted to talk about a specific title because the Joker War tie-ins and stuff is going to start uh, spreading out into all the Gotham comics. So it's going to be in Batman, Nightwing, Detective Comics. Um, there's actually an issue of Red Hood that will also have a Joker War tie-in. And, of course, Batgirl, which was the one that I wanted to highlight because there are rumors that there's going to be a... Um, I don't know if I'm reading into this too much, but it sounds like there's going to be a an homage to the killing joke. A incontinuity... Yeah, an incontinuity homage to the killing joke in the Batgirl run but it's going to feature Barbara versus James Gordon Jr. Now, you were right, right. So, <laughs> I, I, I oh, really, there's no camera in here. No, I really <laughs> wish you could see Alice's face right now. Um, no, because it, it's it's a lot. Wow. Um, like I said, I don't know if I'm reading wow. too much into that, but from what I saw in the, in the uh, solicitations for, for June, um, I, I want to say it was in June, uh, Bad Girl was involved. I saw references to The Killing Joke. James Gordon Jr. is going to be involved. Um, if you're not familiar with uh, James Gordon Jr.'s character, uh, it's because DC doesn't doesn't want you to know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want you to be familiar because yeah. it's it's kind of weird, kind of creepy, um, actually. He's not the uh, not the most well-put-together person. We'll, we'll leave it mm-hmm. at that. We'll probably do a little bit more on James Gordon Jr. as we get closer to this uh, this Bad Girl Joker, um, Joker War tie-in. We should do like a spotlight on characters that no one knows yeah, about i would love to do that, that would be that That'd would be, be fun because there's a lot that i don't know anything about and I would, oh, love absolutely. Do, I would love to do research on characters i don't know enough about and then showcase those and teach other people so yeah. they can now know why they should care about a character that no one cares about absolutely like yolanda montez wildcat <laughs> <Yes>, is <laughs> gonna exactly. be in the star girl dc universe like everybody show. <laughs> in that show um fantastic uh, except for sportsmaster <laughs> who everybody already knows and loves uh, oh, speaking of Sportsmaster, I, I, we forgot to talk about this. Um, kind of like Sportsmaster in a way. Nice. Uh, we got a lot more of Taskmaster in the Black Widow trailer. Um, which, I don't know if you've seen the new trailer yet. It looks awesome. Um, I was a little down on the movie just because it's a Black Widow movie sure. coming out in 2020. It's a little too late. Little, L- too little too late. Little, yeah, little, <laughs> little, little too little too late. Little too little too late. Um, I didn't really care, yes. to be honest. Um, but the trailer looks pretty pretty badass. Yeah. Um, and I and I might you know I'm I'm 
I still don't know if I'm gonna like go see it, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely leaning towards being indifferent. Com- yeah, compared. <laughs> yeah, you like that? You upgraded to indifference. I've upgraded to indifference. Before I was not going. Dang, man, we're all climbing the rope towards apathy. <laughs> and I got, I got nothing against uh, Black Widow. It's just. I got more against 2020 than I have against yeah. Black Widow in the Black Widow movie in 2020. Yeah. Oh, what a year. Yeah, right. It's been three months. Um, let's look a little bit uh, further to uh, Dark Knight's Metal, uh, mm. Death Metal, the sequel to Dark Knight's Metal that will be Death coming. Uh, I don't want to uh, stick too much into it because I know we're gonna we're gonna be talking about this, you oh, know, yes. at at length when it starts to you know come out in real time. But uh, Snyder, uh, someone came not came at him but asked him a question uh, on Twitter. In regards to if uh, the shakeups at uh, DC Editorial mm. would be affecting Dark Knight's Metal. And his response was something to the effect of, yes, it's made the event a lot bigger. And Interesting. Right. So <laughs> We're never going to get this comic. So here's the thing. I th- I think the opposite. I think it's going to come out. I don't think it's going to end. Bro, like, I don't, I don't, oh my I god! I don't know if anyone knows when it's going to end. That's that's even better. We still haven't finished the first, the other Dark Knights yet. Have we? Essentially, really? yeah. It's still like we're still dealing with the repercussions of that yeah. one. Yeah, that's what happens when you have a runaway success character like Batman who laughs. Yeah, that literally won't stop. Won't stop winning. Won't won't stop winning. He can't. You cannot write him to not win. Yeah, he's, <laughs> it's so. And I hate it. How much I love it. Yeah, I, hate, like, I really do. I don't want to like him, but then like I I blame Tinian. Absolutely, if you I like the way he writes this, him. Yeah, Tinian, if you listen to this, you son of a bitch, stop writing him so well. I almost, stop being so good at your craft. I almost think I like the Batman who laughs when uh, when Tynan's writing them more than when Snyder does at this point. Dude, uh, that, oh. that might that might be sacrilegious or you know no, blasphemy. But uh, yeah, I think I definitely enjoy um, that character specifically more when yeah. it comes from Tynan. He has been so phenomenal in Hell Arisen, which I was looking at as like a, this needs to be resolved. <laughs> like, w- like right. I almost felt like a clinical doctor, like, this needs to be taken care of quickly so we can move on with your life. Right. And now I'm like, dude, yes. Like, I want to see this throwdown. I mean, there was in the, some of the ads in the comics from last week were like hyping up Lobo fighting Supergirl oh, or God. stuff like that. I'm like. Oh, and they had it set up like a wrestling, like a royal rumble. Yeah, I saw that. And I was like, oh my god. Okay, yeah, like, I'm into like, it now. It was like Kara Zorel versus the it's, main exactly, man. <laughs> exactly, dude. And I was reading that like, oh, dude, this is gonna be good. And oh. it's and it's actually been really good. Also, a rip Supergirl. Yeah. Um, I don't know <laughs> for anyone who's interested. Apparently, no one, no one was. <laughs> but um, Supergirl, the uh, comic run got canceled. Yeah. Um, we talked about this a little bit uh, off camera. Um, off camera, off uh, off mic, microphone, off microphone. Yeah. Um, Supergirl's run got canceled. Um, low sales. Um, like we talked about, she was the only character that had a series going who was one of the infected members that the Batman yeah. who last infected, outside of Shazam, who was being written by Grant Morrison. So it wasn't it wasn't going to affect the Shazam run because Grant Morrison was going to write what he wanted to write, as he always does, as he always does. But Obviously, the person who's writing Supergirl does not have this luxury. So he was 
Um, I forgot. I, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting the person who was on that book um, at the moment. But, you know, they were essentially the only person who was a slave to the infected event that had to continue writing a character that was that was infected. Oof. Because uh, if you guys recall, the other infected members were Commissioner Gordon, um, Shazam. King, like, King Shazam. King Shazam, who is not King Shazam in the Shazam no, book. Not at all. Uh, Blue. Blue Beetle, who yep. is the Scarab. Donna Troy, who is Deathbringer. Deathbringer. And um, yeah. Hawkman as the Sky Tyrant. The Hawkman. Love. Absolutely love. Um, I want to say that's all I had about things coming up. Did you have anything you were looking looking forward to right now? I mean, I know it's kind of hard to answer given things being, you know, canceled and postponed it's, and everything. Yeah. It's a tough question. No. I mean, I'm looking forward to decorum too. Oh, that's okay. Well, Easy. perfect. We'll, we'll uh, let's uh, uh, let's get into uh our uh, suggestions to end it all. So, um well, what do you, what do you want the people to read? Um, well, Decorum is, it's on issue one, so it's a great place to jump on. So again, if you like that kind of science fiction, if you want to be just completely submersed in a world with lore that you're not going to fully grasp, but it's, it's showcased to you and given to you in such an incredible manner, you will enjoy it. Um, if you're that kind of sci-fi nerd or that kind of, that kind of person in general, it's definitely a great one to start with. Yeah. Um, as for like jump ons, uh, D- the deceased unkillables yeah. is on one of its little three issue mini series. So okay. even if you didn't read the deceased proper, still a fun read, still a fun read. You can jump on there and watch the villains go ham, which is, which is fun. Right. Um, so that's a really good choice too. Um, and I guess also Green Lantern because Green Lantern is oh, only God. on issue two. Uh, was she, was someone... It's only issue two. <laughs> is, is it okay, okay is it, dude? Okay, it's so... like it's just like if you watch Game of Thrones, it's totally fine to start in season two of Game of Thrones because it's it's the first episode of season two. What happens in season one doesn't really matter, right? Just kidding. But <laughs> I think that I think that might be more false for Green Lantern probably. than Game of Thrones. Oh my God, probably harder. <laughs> probably way more, way more dense. Um. But as someone who hasn't read the first season, I've just read Black Stars, and I will go back and reread the first season. It's it is good, and the good thing about the second season is it does really feel like he's like it's quick. It's quickly mentioned like good job, Hal Jordan. You saved the world again. You saved everything again. Yeah. Now we're moving on to next crisis. Right. And so, like if you are new, there's going to be things going on that you don't understand. There's going to be characters going on that you don't understand. There's going to be references made to previous material, but. If you can stomach that by going to wikis or watching YouTube or whatever, right? or if you have the chance to go back and read it, then definitely do that. But if you can stomach it just for a little while, the book is good, and the writing is so good, yeah. and it's definitely something I would suggest. Cool. Cool. How about you? Um, stealth, of course, out of Image. For um, sure. I, like I said, if, if you have not read a comic book, this would be a great first comic book for you. Um Another one I wanted to show some love to was uh, the Al Ewing's new Guardians of the Galaxy run. Um, I got the first two issues of that. I think the third one's coming out fairly soon. Um, this is, like I said, it's a new run, uh, kind of coming off the heels of Donnie Case's run. But, you know, if you're a Guardians fan and didn't read the last run, you can definitely just pick it up. Uh, the team is uh, Star-Lord, uh, Rocket, uh, Moon Dragon, hey. uh, Philavel. And um, Richard Ryder Nova, and uh, and Marvel Boy. 
So right, yeah. So a, a very very fun team. A lot of lot of out there out there picks. Um, like I'm I'm definitely not familiar with the backgrounds of some of those characters. Well, yeah. maybe most of those characters. Yeah. But I'm been really enjoying these first two issues just because it's fun. It's just a fun, cool galaxy team book, and it's I can tell that it's going to be fun. Yeah, uh, and I'm excited to learn more about the characters. Like, like I said, I don't know much about Falavel or Moondragon, but they seem badass. So I'm probably going to go back and read Donny Case's run because they were um, also on the team uh, in his run as well. And uh, from what I understand, they're a lot more fleshed out um, compared to like these first two issues, of course. Um, what else? I wanted to recommend uh, Folklords, which is another book out of uh, Boom Studios, uh, written by Matt. Ken Kinden, Matt Kinden, uh drawings by Matt Smith. And this is just a cool uh it kinda it kinda leans heavy into his name. Uh very folklore driven. It's kind of um I don't want to say a, a meta commentary on uh those like uh, old like folk based uh stories, but it's a cool take on them. It's uh just for a little exposition. Uh, these kids, they're at the school, and they're just kind of coming to uh, what feels like some kind of graduation. And to graduate, they have to go on their quest. And everyone's, you know, saying um, what their quest is going to be. And everyone's like, uh, oh, you know, I'm going to go find the princess and get her to marry me. Or I'm going to, you know, go find these dragons. And, uh, you know, the, the, actually one of the kids is like, I'm going to find these dragons. And, and... I'm just going to find them. <laughs> and, and another kid uh, says something like, um, oh, I'm going to go to the uh, this crazy, scary, like, mountain district, and I'm going to come back alive. Uh-huh. And everyone's like, oh, exactly, exactly, yeah. Well, um, and then yes. our protagonist says that for his quest, that he's going to go find the folklords. And everyone's like, what? The folklords? Are you serious, kid? Like, first of all, those are a myth, which I thought was funny. Nice. Those are a myth, and if they were real, you definitely shouldn't go looking for them. Love that. Yeah, right? So, and uh, he dresses really different. Everyone is dressed in, like, typical, like, you know, things that you would see people on a quest, like, wearing a tunic. Sure. Like, pantaloons, stuff like that. He's wearing a suit and tie. Love that. Right? That's great. Right. And so it's a, it's a, it's a <clears throat> real fun book. Um, Like I said, Folklores out of Boom Studios. Definitely will recommend it if you, if you like, you know, Kid stories, but in a cool way. This is definitely mm-hmm. definitely taking a different approach to you know those old fairy tale quest stories. Um, I don't think there's anything else that I had. I think that was everything. Oh, um, I talked about Marauders already. But if you if you like Kitty Pride, if you like Iceman, if you like Pyro, if you like Emma Frost, mm. jump into Marauders. Um, I'm also going to be reading uh, X Force. Which is the kind of uh, covert ops arm of the X Men's Krakoan Country Diplomacy Initiative? Um, so the, they 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 killed people. That's the sense. Hey. Of, they literally killed the people that Charles says that we can't kill. Perfect. Um, and that team is uh, Cyclops, Wolverine, Colossus, um, Jean Grey. Oof. And and beasts, so oh, that's a good squad. broken, absolutely broken yeah. squad. Um, so I, that book is going to be pretty fun. I'm excited to read my my first issue. I've been trying to keep up online, but I'm excited to read my first issue um, fairly soon. And uh, I think that's all I got for recommendations for books. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, 
I definitely there's other recommendations, but well, yeah. like these are these are the things I would definitely as like a jump on point where you could go out tomorrow to your comic book shop. Yeah, exa- exactly. That's that what's exactly, kind of alluding to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that's what you meant. But yeah, dude. Um, Good stuff. Yeah, I think think that I think that's it. Uh, we talked about the shows enough. Um, any shows we mentioned, definitely if you haven't checked them out, check them out. Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. We didn't talk about Doom Patrol because we will we will talk about Doom Patrol. That's the best show. Uh, yeah, we'll do a whole episode on Doom Patrol. For Phenomenal. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, I think that's it. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in to uh, episode two of the House and Comics uh, podcast. Uh, I'm Chris. I'm Alex. And uh, keep on comic, comic booking, booking nerds. nerds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. First try. <laughs>